Hello and welcome to this episode of the Renting Atheist Podcast. So we'll be listening to the conversion story of a friend. They refer to themselves as an agnostic Christian, but as as uh, <laughs> as the story goes on, you will finally understand where they stand and why they refer to themselves as that. It was a lengthy conversation, so they tell it all. And before I knew it, two hours, 30 minutes had passed. So I have to divide this into three so that it should be, we can listen to it fully because loading you with two hours, 30 minutes at once is not something that is convenient. So this will be in three parts. I hope you, you, you learn it in or two from their story. So if you haven't subscribed up Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube and other places you find podcasts. Check out the show notes for links you may find useful, especially our Discord. We would like you to join our Discord. It's we are building it up little by little. And this is where I believe we can create a community of people that have sense. There are too many idiots in this country. We need to start looking for the sensible people and start gathering ourselves up sharing ideas learning from each other and look for a way to make this nigeria a sinner society at least before we all die so please enjoy the deconversion story of obed hello obed and you are welcome to ranting a few podcast how you doing now oh thank you Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. Nineteen atheists. Yes. So, thank you for reaching thank out. You. Thank you for wanting to share your story because people don't believe that. Uh, not that everybody believe in God, Sha. So they always shock them. They always shock them. But we shall see, Sha. <laughs> so. Um, we are speaking with can we know you can we know you can we know what do i do what, what do you do we are speaking with obed yes uh well look if that's comfortable here what you are comfortable with so location are you gen z are you millennial <laughs> what do you do for a living and any other thing you want to add okay so i am obed uh what do i do for a living i'm a researcher uh what else location here yeah. i live in Port nigeria cool, cool. and uh what else gen z millennial i i am gen alpha yeah you're not serious <laughs> 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 Oh, that why they be. So you are 13 years old, basically. <laughs> More mm. or less. Do you mind? I think of that, that does research. This is child labor. We need to arrest your workplace. We need to arrest them. They are committing, they are committing okay. labor. Well, and, and it's in compliance with child labor laws. <laughs> It's not, it's not. Children, children don't do. In fact, what can, when I say researcher, I, researcher, the kind of researcher that comes to my head is uh, so maybe is uh, someone that reads and like, you know, like a professor or someone in the lab. So, 
kind of dim what, what kind of researcher are you okay so um the reading and writing type right so the person who so i how do i explain this okay so i read what other people have done mm-hmm. i go out in the field i gather data okay. i analyze this data and come out with new information possibly when i'm lucky i come out with new information when i'm not i make some adjustments to the old ones and at other times i just well if i'm very very lucky i might come up with a theory Mm. if i'm very lucky Oh, theory. Mm-hmm. So that's the type of research I am. Mm, okay, nice, nice, nice. I do, I do. I unfortunately do not wear white lab coats. I was like, you should take me some goggles and some beakers and some test tube. I'm like, hmm, we need to, we need to do some centrifuge. We need to do some. Oh, no. So, so I am in the social sciences. Okay, okay, right? okay. But my work also like um, intersects into the humanities. So my research interests are communication and media, um, gender theory, Mm, queer theory, and um, biblical studies. So that's around where I operate. Okay, mm-hmm. this this is interesting. So nice, nice, nice. So when it comes to religion, religious thinking, religion, what what do you identify as? What where where do you stand? Are you an atheist? Are you are you religious or you don't do labels? Agnostic or still on route to somewhere? Ah, uh, okay. So, so I identify as an agnostic Christian mm. and I always like to clarify this, right? Okay. So I hold Christianity as tradition, tradition that was handed to me by my ancestors. Mm. Right? Your, so your, your you know, ancestors I always use this example. Yeah. Okay. And actually, it generates. So my parents, my grandparents. Okay. Yeah. Is your grandparents that are thinking so of not your parents since I moved they were alive? Oh yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my immediate past. So I always use the example of think of your uncle, right, who mm. has converted to Christianity, mm. right. But just can't leave the gods of our ancestors, you know. So I am your uncle, but Christianity is a god of our oh, ancestors. ancestors. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. That 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 that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. But generally, I hold to agnosticism. Mm, okay. So in the agnostic side, what 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 exactly is your leaning with agnosticism? What makes you lean towards agnosticism? Okay. Um, funny enough, I actually became agnostic from reading 
the Bible, you know, came from reading the Bible and seeing all the different perspectives and how, you know, the wisdom literature versus the Deuteronomistic literature, mm-hmm. Paul versus Peter versus oh. James. <laughs> Just reading through all those things. I mean, I, I do love the Bible. I grew up on the Bible, right? Yeah. And it's, I think it's, a, it's a very interesting literature. It's really, really good work of, it's really, really good literary work, right? Yeah. And I think, so just looking at it, it I was struck by all the conversations and the fact that there were just so many different ways of viewing God mm-hmm. and that was how I ended up agnostic <laughs> so you're, you're agnostic like, I don't know whether this thing is for real or um, I don't put it now but I still follow the tradition as a Christian-ish Am I close enough? Okay, so I'm agnostic as in um, I believe that we don't know anything about God. Really don't. And we can't know anything about God if there is a God. Okay. Right? Yeah. If there is a God, we can't know anything about them or it, whatever pronouns you choose. We can't. So that is why I would always, always say <laughs> it, it's it's technically impossible. We we can't know. It's just an yeah. impossibility. So that's what I mean. I always tell. Uh, and I think I came here. Continue, I came continue. here when I actually. Yeah, I said I came here when I actually decided, when I, <laughs> I think where, how I knew I became agnostic was at the point where I said, where I said man made God. Mm-hmm. And the point where I said that from a very genuine place, I knew that there was no going back. Okay. I was you, never going to be a nominal Christian. I was never going to be an ordinary Christian. The idea of God in general. Like everyone presented so the far. The idea of God in general. I came... Mm-hmm. I came to a place where I saw that God is a man-made invention. Mm. And it was the moment I said that, and I said it to myself, I knew that there was no returning. Mm. There was no returning. Hold on, hold on. I think we are, we, are, we are going to the spoilers. Was, I love. Hold on, hold on. We are going to that. Wait, wait. <laughs> what did you just say? Oh, okay. Yes, okay, okay. Let's, 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 let's back up. <laughs> let's back up to the beginning. I start from uh, how it all began before to go to okay, the point okay. of your evolution of your belief system. So you like a religious background from your earliest memory, how it evolved, things you experienced, the uh, before we get to this point, I think this is the end game that we are we are giving spoilers. Here you get. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, so I was raised in a very conservative household. Mm-hmm. Very religiously conservative mm-hmm. household. Very, um, body's very different. My female. Oh. Okay. So, my dad. Okay, this is going to sound extreme, right? My dad on um, mornings, any morning whatsoever, it be, be it a weekday, weekend, we used to have this thing called excellent virginal studies, right? So it was founded on the idea of the... Uh, 10 wise virgins. I believe they were 10. Yeah. So the different groups of virgins who went out to meet the bridegroom, yada, yada, yada. You know, the story. With the lamp or something like that. With the lamp. So my dad was like, yeah, mm -hmm, that one. So my dad was like, you see those people, right? There, There was a third group. There should have been a third group that was really read that according to him he terms it they were excellently wise the group that never put out their lamps right they had extra oil the lamp never went off it was just perpetually burning right so we used to have that so that was the base idea so we always had to be ready when Jesus is coming, you know? Mm. (laughs) And so I grew up from a very young age. I remember, oh God, my foundational memories are thinking about eschatology, Mm. thinking about, and these were things my dad used to sit us down in the living room after like morning devotion in the morning, right? And he didn't care whether it was a school day or not. He would give him, you must learn, Mm. right? So I used to go to school late. Yeah, I was that kid who used to go to school late. Then it's luggage, right? So you must date it. They did, but at some point they they wouldn't. They wouldn't because I would beg the person that is taking me to school, whichever sibling it was, to please go up to the teacher and plead with the teacher not to flog me. Mm-hmm. And they would understand because they would read it, but I was in my faults. So I remember these things. We would learn about the end times. We would not only study the book of Revelations. I like till now, I I still know. Oh God. I mean, people were scared of revelations. I wasn't because I grew up on this shit. Mm You know, exactly. And then we won't only study Revelation, we'll study Daniel, we'll study every single book that has to do with the end times, you know. So by the age of 12, I knew what you, whatever you're saying, I know it. I'm going to, I can have debates with you on eschatology. 
you know yeah. because my dad had trained me like that since I was a child mm-hmm. so that was the exactly so my Christianity was hinged on that foundation on the apocalyptic fear of you must be ready Jesus will come at any time two will be working in the field the one will be taken and the other left you know so i grew up on that and eventually um eventually my at some point my dad was running a church he had his own church i would be surprised if he wasn't and um (laughs) and later on he actually um, he wasn't able to run the church anymore because he was also into real estate, so it was quite a big deal mm-hmm. the Bohako real estate business. So he left, he wasn't able to run the church, so the church folded. And you know the funny part was that the church was in our house. We had like a really, really big wow. compound. So the church was in our house and people used to come to our house. So you can't escape it. Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> you, There's you no way I don't feel like going to church. The name of the church was Peace Church. Hmm. <laughs> exactly. So there will be like so if you ask my siblings were a lot older, yes, but if you ask my siblings about Peace Church, right, they will tell you, oh, the time where you would not attend Peace Church was when my mom was going somewhere and you begged and begged with all <laughs> with everything in you to follow my mom. <laughs> Oh, oh my god I, yeah or for me when I wouldn't attend was um, when I would go on holidays to be with my aunts my maternal aunts okay so so going on holidays to be with my maternal aunts my aunt was a lecturer a really really good one actually she was a lecturer and she taught me the importance of studying you know she was also very disciplined she was a very very disciplined person she would tell she would always sit me down and tell me oh you're a very clever boy you know you should always put your head down study your books and study everything ask questions ask me questions i will mm. do i won't keep anything from you ask me i will answer you and i would, and i would ask and she would answer and i'll be like oh okay interesting well, nice. so but when i would come back to my house yes she was she was an anglican okay well, when I come back to my house, and I love going to her house because um, my cousin, I I used to play with my cousin as well. She was she used to live with her, so I, we used to play together. And, I mean, normal things you do as a child. But my dad wasn't really having it because my dad had this thing where he believed that it was only Pentecostals. Who we're going to make it to heaven. 
<laughs> yeah, so he believed that it's only Pentecostals, the Anglicans, the Catholics, oh, they were just the Catholics, man. The horrible class Catholics. <laughs> the Catholics were worse than the Anglicans. Every every, every two months we the, have a civil, civil war between Catholics and Pentecostals on Twitter. They, they drag each other. They, they are, we are not the ones that speak gibberish to say we are talking to God. Lebo saka baka rubo sobo. What else? Yeah, be joda. So, so I remember all these things were in the water. There was always the fights and arguments between my dad and my aunt. And then my parents had, just shortly before I was born, my parents had come out of this church. It was a messy breakup. Mm. It was called Greater Evangelism World Crusade. It was a very messy breakup. It was not clean at all. Like, there, there was... The there were feelings hurt. There were things that... Well, it was not even the church divided. It was just my dad that left, and he didn't leave in a good way. Mm. You know, and it was not even so. Looking back at it, my dad was not exactly wrong, but he did not. You know, there's a way to be diplomatic about certain things, especially with church. He did not agree with some of the things that were done in the church, and he was actually very right. It was a grave injustice that was being done, right? But yeah. he didn't exactly say it well. So he actually he got politics kicked out. He got suspended. Mm -hmm. oh and he left. Right? So, but a good portion of my mom's family were still in the church. So he really, really didn't like me associating my mom's family. And I loved associating my mom's family. So there would be, when I would go on holidays, there would be, when is over the boy coming back? <laughs> There will be all of that, right? And be the occasional facts and all of that. And it was just the thing. Growing up, I, because of this church here, this church has laid the spiritual foundations for my parents, yeah. right? And growing up, I remember my siblings, my female siblings would not wear trousers. Hmm. They were not wearing trousers. It was up once. It was later when my dad was not in the picture because um, he had some legal issues. So I remember once one of my sisters went to visit him, and she asked if they could start wearing trousers. And by this time, she had graduated university, and that was when he said yes, that they could start wearing trousers. <laughs> And it was always a historic moment. <laughs> is it a uh, ha or ha? Which one? None of them. Oh. A different one. Okay. So I have seven siblings. Yeah. Excuse me. So I so after this, yes, I do have seven siblings. Oh, wow. Yeah, the last. So, uh, yes, I have the last. Oh. Okay. So after all of this, right? Um, when so my my mom started attending Redeemed, and 
it was really, really nice attending Redeemed because it was almost a breath of fresh air from what I was used to. You attended to. The, the model Redeemed Churches. Yeah, you know, well, not even the modern redeemed churches. It was the regular redeemed, right? The model, if you, if the, you went you to the classical, head. those ones are highly they are conservative focus. Yeah, actually, it was one of those ones, but it was still a step oh, above wow. what I was used so you're to. Wow, so you're telling me, holy shit. Yeah. So, I remember all of that. I remember all of that. And going to this redeem, it it felt like I was normal, right? When people ask me what church, I I remember when my classmates would ask me what church I used to attend. Previously, I couldn't really say... Per se, I would just be like, oh, oh, we attend one church like that. <laughs> and But when we started attending reading, I felt normal. I felt like I could see the church I attended. I just say it's redeemed. So it felt good. Mm-hmm. And but eventually, my dad got back and he had moved to a different church that was not redeemed. Mm-hmm. And he, at some point, he insisted that my mom started following him. And it was drama, like serious drama. Of course. He actually came to the church and there was emotion in the church. So eventually the pastor just told her, you know what, just follow this man and go. So this church was even more liberal than redeemed. So we're like, okay, it's not a bad idea eventually. So we went, we're attending the church eventually. And um, before we started attending this church, there were like a lot of financial issues. But we started attending and somehow, somehow from, and my dad wasn't exactly the, (laughs) we weren't poor by any standards, but somehow we had hit rock bottom Mm. at some point. And so when we started attending this new church, it was more like we were bouncing back. Mm, There was the... It was not so, things weren't so hard anymore. We we were doing well, you know? And we also had like a church family who would want to protect us and fight for us and stuff like that. So we were doing that. And I remember we used to, when we started attending church, we would, um, one of my house helps would go out to the junction and call a taxi, right? We didn't have both at the time. (laughs) This was so long ago. So they would go out, call a taxi, and um, depending on how many people are around, we would church. But... 
eventually we were able to we had somehow somehow we had some form of financial breakthrough and we got a house in like a high route area and we weren't not like we're we're living in our own house but we just got a nicer house you know a nicer finer house so you had it was kind of like we're becoming the modern family you know and then we moved to a gated community was nice we got a nice car stuff like that stuff was going well right but it lasted for a while and eventually things started to take a downturn right and at this time was when i was beginning to struggle i was dealing with some kind of depression a really really severe depression and i was really young at the time and I would remember, I remember just lock, being locked up in the bathroom and just crying. Crying because I hated myself. Yeah. Hated myself so deeply. And my mom was not having this. So here's the funny part, right? My house also has snitches. Yeah. Big time snitches. They would go, run to my mom, tell her, yo, this is what Obed is doing. And my mom would come to the bathroom with the king. Uh-uh. And <laughs> yeah. And she'd be like, if you want to cry, I'll make you cry. And she'll flog me out of that bathroom. So eventually I learned that I was meant to bottle up everything. Just keep it all inside, you know. And then she would, it was all like that, you know. And somehow one of my brothers began to get close to me. Uh, I so we began to form a really strong bond. He would always take me out. He was like, um, so he was the brother that I could love and trust, you know. Okay. And he was a support in that time, right? So, and but suddenly he had to travel for school. You know, mm-hmm. and when he traveled, just around that time, he was also um, getting serious at another church. All right, and he was so. I always was like, oh wow, okay. So since you have it better at your church, and you're like giving me so much love, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be following you to your church. So I used to always go with him to his church and he was like a pastor-like figure, even though he didn't have like a pastor tag to his name, but he was like like a pastor-like figure in this church. It was almost like a youth pastor. So it was nice. Eventually he traveled, he went abroad for school and we were only talking like by phone and 
at this time my depression got worse you know it got really really bad so and i didn't know how to handle it i really did not know so there were so many things going on and it was just almost it was almost like the world was on me you know and i used to sort of find some level of comfort in in church you know i started going to church on my own and i would not miss weekly activities i'll go to church and just be at peace at church and eventually i began to i think eventually my family moved over to this church right this church where my brother was um a pastor-like figure so it became a family church and i was grateful for that because now it didn't seem there was not the oh you can't go to that church today you have to follow us right that situation was no longer there so i could we could all just go to church and we're going but i discovered that um, i was not getting better at all at all and prior to this time right i had dealt with gender dysphoria just before and but somehow somehow at this point it wasn't gender dysphoria it was more like a deep self-loathing right i just hated myself and it was so deep and it was so painful so heavy that i just couldn't stand it so eventually i went off to secondary school in a bomb and for the first time in my life as an effeminate human being that works that walks on the earth right i felt loved in a and i was at the boarding school so I, it, this was the first time i was getting attention like this you know so being an effeminate person i could get like attention from older people for like oh my intellects but never for my body you know and it was almost a revelation to me that i could get attention and be loved for my body so i remember people like boys always wanted to hang around me the cool guy from bohakot you know mm. the cool hot guy from bohakot by the way <laughs> and they're everywhere <laughs> yeah and everywhere so i would want so people would follow so um the senior students would um be calling um the name they had for me was ikambai foot so ikambai foot translates to big ass kind of oh so were they are they were they, <laughs> were they correct or they were just exaggerating 
Well, at the time they were correct, now they are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was, but it was nice because I could see that I was turning heads. There was, oh my God. So it was so bad that people who were senior students, like SS3 students, used to fight, fight over me. They were like confused. So there will be this one who'll be like, oh, he's mine. And there'll be this one who'll be like, no, he's mine. And you just have people just going crazy. And yes, I did have relationships with a few of these people. It was just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did I think this was a time where I discovered sexuality mm. and even though I wasn't labeling but I was just okay, whatever is happening now, I'm liking it so let's just go with the flow. Have you, and you discovered it? I, it was also mm-hmm, it was also the time I began to fall sick. I began to fall sick. There were just so many complications every other every few weeks or so. My mom will have to come from I think so. Well, no, not really. So I every few weeks my mom will have to come over from Pohakot to take me home because I was I'll be sick. And my, my parents are not young, right? So yeah. she was in her 60s at the time. So it wasn't a, mm. an easy thing to be doing. So she was like, okay, here's what we're going to do, right? We're going to move you from this school and you're going to start going to school in Port Harcourt and you'll be a day student. Mm. And at first I was excited for this because I just generally thought that life would be as rosy as it was in Aquaribon but I came to Port Harcourt and I found heat <sighs> I found heat like heat <laughs> my god so I found that I was hated by my classmates hated by teachers Hated by the school authority because of your because you are feminist. Oh, I was in the, I was in this. yeah, and it was <sighs> wild. So I started spiraling again, right? And eventually, somebody acted on this, right? So somebody, a girl, was just picking on me, right? And I went and reported to the teacher. There was a teacher in the class when this was going on, right? So I went and reported to the teacher. The teacher will be like, oh, forget it. And I'll go back, continue doing my work. And the teacher was like copying note on the board, right? So back in class. I would, the girl will continue, I would go, report again, come back, the teacher will be like, teacher won't do anything. So at some point the teacher left and this girl continued. And this time I reacted. 
and this girl decided that it was going to turn into effect and it did and my classmates did not even want to even remotely support me like no nobody everybody hated me so nobody was going to support me and i (laughs) oh god Mm -hmm. so i they went called a teacher no but they didn't even call the teacher they called the vice principal and that one like took me to took us to his office and without hearing anything he said he was going to flog me and i said no you're not (laughs) no you're not and he said are you are you challenging me and he started flogging me, you know, like where they just flog it anywhere. Anyhow, wherever he is. And yeah. I ran out and ran to the principal's office. The principal was not there. Yeah. So I remember there was this one person at the school. She was the secretary to the principal. She was the only one who actually liked me. And she came out and she said, Oh, what's going on? So the vice minister came, he was shouting, he was like, it's boy. So she told me that I had to kneel down there at the office and just wait that I was going to get suspended. Like, so uh-uh. I got suspended. By this time, my brother had come back. My brother was in Nigeria. So I was like, but funny thing was he was traveling again. Masters. He was traveling again <laughs> and i was kneeling down um eventually the principal got back and he typed my suspension letter and my aunt came to pick me from school because i was there with my cousin we we're both going to the same school so my aunt came to pick me from school and she was furious but not with me though she was furious with the school and then my other cousin heard about it and she was furious because the school this is a school that is supposed to be taking care of children right and you didn't because they had heard from me and i told them what happened and they were like no there's you don't even deserve to be suspended here so my other cousin heard about it and she wanted to go to the school to actually like fight Fights. with the principal. But my, my mom actually stopped her and my mom said, no, you can't go. So eventually my mom went to the school with my older brother and they spoke to the principal. So the principal shortened my suspension because from two weeks to one week, and he said, oh, it was, and you know the funny part? I got to find out that they had given the girl a few days. Imagine. The bias was so, so clear. Okay. Exactly. And I was like, oh, no problem. And my brother, just the day before, the day after um, my brother went to the school, he left Nigeria. He left Nigeria and I was like, yo, how do you, how are you expecting me to navigate? You just came back. How are you expecting me to navigate this whole thing on my own? Like, 
how? And he just, he was like, yo, don't worry. I'll be praying for you. I'll oh, send you stuff. You know, you've always got a big brother. And I'll be like, okay, no problem. And yeah, he continued to be there, but he was in another country. Yeah, nothing like physical prayer. And by this time, he had become a pastor. Mm-hmm. He had become a pastor, so he also had like more commitments, and he was going to school as well. So it was just he was just busy. So I was like, okay, so I'm just all alone here. So by the time I go back to school, I think everybody had gotten that toxicity out of their system because they had finally done something. They had gotten me. So me coming back to school was the, okay, let's come to a truce. And this was not everybody. This was just my classmates. So I came to a truce with these guys. And these guys were, I began to get friends and people who would, even though they were not really accepting, but they were just like, okay, we can vibe with you. I'm fine with you. You're somewhat okay. Yeah. And just when that was happening, my sister came in from the UK and said, she went to my school and asked my principal why my grades were not doing well. And the principal said, I don't know. Ask him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she said, what the fuck? And my school got changed. Uh-uh. That's how they changed my school. And I had to start all over again. But, but the difference was, the difference was at this time, I had already learned that I'm alone. It had already sunk in, you know, that I'm alone, that there is nothing. So I better just go sort my life out by myself. So, and by this time, my parents had already moved to a different church, you know. (laughs) We had already moved to a different church. We had moved to Salvation Ministries. And new mega church, even more liberal. So, we're like, okay. (laughs) We're almost living life, you know. (laughs) At doing some of these things, my mom wasn't even around. My mom was out of the country. So when she came back, she came back, met us in a new church, and she decided that she was going to join us. Well, when I got suspended, yeah, when I got suspended, my mom wasn't in the country. Um, My mom was in the country, but I think she traveled just shortly after, shortly after, just within the period of my suspension. So after they had gone to the school, my brother traveled, my mom traveled. So it was kind of a thing. So, and my dad found out about this suspension. We're trying to hide it from him, but he found out. And my dad is not the forgiving type. So he kept saying, so there was going to be, you can't be happy, you can't laugh, you can't play with other kids. You just have to be sober. 
Well, no, that's not even punishment. No, that's not punishment. That's just supposed to be how you are meant to be, right? Your punishment is going to come, but you just have to be sober. Okay. So I remember, right, my dad. So at some point, uh, I was playing my cousin outside. And I think my cousin let out a scream. You know, like when children are playing, you just happy, you just scream. And my dad heard it. And he said, what is going on? So she came, explained what was going on. And because I was somehow what's in the mix, my dad was like, okay, this is the day you get it, right? And prior to this, my dad had already flogged me for getting suspended. He locked me in the room and like flogged me mercilessly, mm. right? But on this day, he wasn't really satisfied, right? So on this day, because when he did that, my mom was around, so she was able to intervene. But on this day, my mom wasn't around and my sister had just started working at the time. She just graduated. So she just started working. I think it was a few years after you guys graduated. She started working. So she was in the house. She just came in from work. So my dad told me that I should lie down outside. So I was laying outside. Waiting. And <laughs> no, it was even in the evening. And I was just so uncertain. So my dad, so one of the households brought the cane and my dad was like, I'm going to flog you mercilessly. And well, so the household was like, oh my God, this is going to be bad because everybody knows my dad. So she went in and called my sister. So my sister was like, okay, she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to do, so what is going to happen here? And my dad started flogging me. And my sister came out. My sister was like trying to beg and everything. So as it was getting so much, I ran away. <laughs> I ran away and when I ran away, my dad was, you know, like he was in a fit of rage. He turned to my sister and started flogging my sister. Uh -huh. And it was, it was a thing. So my sister, at that night, my sister just turned to me and told me like, you see what happened today? So now you know that even I can protect you. Hmm. I was like, I know. <laughs> I know I'm fucked in this life. I knew it. But the thing was that night, I also ran away from the house. I ran away from the house. Oh. I went to meet the pastor of the church where my brother was a pastor. And I told him, you know, see what is happening. I can't take it. And he brought me back to the house. He brought me back to the house and he just said, oh, you know, these things happen. Oh and yada 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 it's just stuff so he pleaded with my aunt my my dad and talked to my sister and everybody and 
they, they called my mom on the phone and my mom was like trying to apologize because my aunties were there at the time. Yeah. So she tried to apologize to everybody for such an embarrassing situation. And But these things were there, right? The deed had already been done. This was trauma. Yeah. Right? And I was like, okay, so... I, I and remember I was already dealing with self-loathing and it was getting worse and worse as the day grew. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please subscribe up Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube and other places you find podcasts. Part two will be next week, so be ready for that. Then part three after. Check out the show notes for links you may find useful, especially at Discord. If you listen to this podcast, join this discourse. If you have joined and you are seeing uh, everywhere is blank or something, reach out via DM. Let's guide you on how to navigate the app. The app can be confusing, but it's very useful. You can communicate via text, voice, video. It's, it's a fantastic app. It might be overwhelming in the beginning, but you get used to it eventually. Just open your mind. Don't don't uh, don't carry. How you look at other apps there's a way other social media apps or whether you look at it through the eyes of whatsapp or telegram it's not like that it's 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 a different app and it is very enjoyable so have a great week and i'll catch you on the next one